Stephen Colbert here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is our podcast for The Late Show with my producer, Becca. Uh, Becca, how long have you been producing this podcast? I've been producing this podcast for two years now. And your favorite thing about it? The extended moments, for sure. Right, because sometimes I'll interview like a big star for 25 minutes. We can only put like 14 minutes on air. Where can people get that? On The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert, wherever you get your podcasts. And who produces that? Uh, I, I help out. It's a team effort. You're listening to Comedy Central. We all want our kids. We all want our kids to be successful, so we can live uh, vicariously through them. So, what is the best way to ensure that they don't disappoint us? Olivia Munn investigates. Author Amy Chua wrote a best-selling book about tiger mothering, a strict method of raising successful children, and America through a. At one point, she says that she called her daughter garbage uh, and threatened to withhold food from her. Amy Chua hurt her children by denying them a childhood. Is she preparing them for life or Abu Ghraib? Yes, if by Abu Ghraib you mean great success. You see, I know a little bit about this subject. Before there was a name for tiger moms, there was my mom, the original MILF, the mother I learned from. What is MILF? You are. Okay. And without a more strict upbringing, I most certainly would have ended up on the pole. Ah, look at this place. Oh, this is the refrigerator. Do you remember what happened here? Yes, I can bang your head in here. Because you talk on the phone all times. Talking too late. You see the dent, your head mark. So why were your methods so successful? I don't know. Okay, don't hit me. I don't hit you. I only guess you whenever okay. I say yeah. that my technique from my, my parents, I learned from them. When I was younger, if I, we don't listen well, they decide to knock on the head or hit us on the, by the chopsticks. Mm-hmm. But according to parenting experts like Christine Carter, my mother did everything wrong. When I read Amy Chua's Tiger Mom Method, I felt really pretty angry, actually, that she was claiming that this method was superior to other methods. How does your method work? Well, my method of raising happy kids is one that's based on about 50 years of really great, solid, scientific research. Now, who are these scientists that did the research? Well, Carol Dweck is somebody who's been... Dweck. Dweck. That's not Asian. No, she's not. What she's is not she? Asian. I, I, I don't know. White? Yeah. I don't need non-Asian scientists to tell me what's been field tested for 6,000 years. What's more effective, the chopstick hit or the closed knuckle hit? I think the chopstick hit. Well, why is that? When I knock on your guy's head by my knuckle, it hurt my hand. But if it didn't work, I use my knuckle. And uh, yeah. it works, you guys scared. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not the only success story. Just look at the numbers. 32% of Asian Americans work as white-collar professionals, 26% work in engineering, and the remaining 42% make pie charts for Caucasians. But for some people, it's not about the parent, it's about the type of child you have. More than 80% of our children across the globe are indigo children now. It's almost a new breed of children. They remember what we might call the Garden of Eden. So how do we identify these indigo children? They will insist upon justice. 
They won't tolerate any kind of hypocrisy, like John Stewart. John Stewart? Oh, of course. John Stewart is an indigo child. Oh, for sake, lady. We need to listen to our children and be present for them. What if they're just yapping like you have been this whole time? I believe that... I think perhaps the only significant question right now, and I'm taking off, off subject a little bit, is how well can we love? Okay, yeah, I'm out, okay. White folks can have their happiness and their indigos. I'll go the tiger way. You know, when I was growing up, you always were like, you know, oh, you know, why don't you listen to me? Oh, you make me lose my marble. I give you a knuckle sandwich. Oh, why you make mommy so mad? What do you make one of me for? That's just how you talk. So what? That's just, look, you've been in America for a long time. You should probably lose the accent. Everyone can have their opinion. But I know what ancient philosophers have said for centuries. Thank you, Olivia. We'll be right back. Now, as, as we saw earlier, while the hermit crab population is threatened by the spill, there is also an equally fragile bayou population at risk, Vietnamese fishermen. Approximately 80% of commercial fishing licenses in the state are owned by people with Asian surnames. Since the shrimping grounds were shut, they have lost their livelihood. Their country was destroyed during the Vietnam War. So they escaped to America to build a new life on the Gulf, never suspecting that 30 years later, we would destroy our own country. I mean, <laughs> But the Vietnamese uh, people are resilient, as evidenced by the new post-spill delicacy they've created, peel and weep shrimp. $4.99, people. For more on how the spill is affecting this community, we go to our newest senior Asian correspondent, Olivia Munn. Very nice to see you here. yourself are of uh, Vietnamese descent. You're on the Louisiana coast. Uh, great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, John. The fishermen down here, they're suffering. And believe me, if Vietnamese people say they're suffering, it's bad. As one Vietnamese fisherman summed it up, Diu ne cong thế hun bom ne pom. What does that mean? It means is worse than napalm. <laughs> I'm terrible. sorry, that... excuse me, coming through. I'm sorry, honey, you're actually... Sam, Sam, what are you doing? Well, I'm not fly fishing. <laughs> John, like a greasy Katrina, the spill has reached its oily tentacles around the very livelihoods yeah, Sam, of... Yeah, Sam, Sam, I'm, I'm sorry, that was, that was terrific. Oh, uh, thank you. Olivia is actually covering the story for us, so... I'm, I'm sorry, who? Hi. That, no, 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 John. This show already has a sexy news bunny. Damn! Sam, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. Are you pregnant again? Yep, reporting for two. Jones, get out here! What's up, stupid? Stupid! 
Did you get Samantha pregnant again? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> When did that happen? About eight months ago. So. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's my third in two years. <laughs> John, 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 this, this lady's covering the fisherman story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, uh, Olivia Munn. She speaks Vietnamese, and it seemed John, like... John, it... John, you don't need Vietnamese to report on this. Okay? This is a beach story, and who's king of the beach? Frankie Avalon, I guess, would be. No! I am! I got water wings filled with pina coladas. What? Oh, no. John! people. What? Wyatt, what are you doing down there? That... Still covering Katrina. What? That... Yeah. That doesn't make... But I guess once the Asians started having trouble, you don't need the black journalists anymore. Should I call Larry Wilmore or are you going to call Larry Wilmore? No, don't, don't call Larry Wilmore. That's... It's ringing. Whoa! <laughs> Okay, I'm not here to replace anyone. I'm not the new, always pregnant lady. <laughs> and I'm, I'm definitely not the creepy guy that smells like Bacardi and corn dogs. <laughs> and no one's forgetting about the blacks, okay? I'm the new senior Asian correspondent, and I'm just here to report on the Vietnamese fishermen. Oh, Asian! Okay. What's that mean? You report the news, and then half an hour later, you want more news? Boom! <laughs> What, you, uh, you, uh, slide the stories under the door? Ouch! You're so hot, I want to have your babies. Yeah? Then let's double down. Oh. Come here. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa! Did someone say Asian correspondent? Because that is me. Uh, Asif, how did you do that? How... How did you hide back there like that? I'm so Asian, John. I'm ninja. You're... You're, you're not... No. You're Indian. Yeah, I'm still Asian. Asian-ish. What? I always thought you were a Mexican. All right, hideous. <laughs> Guys, everybody just get out. Let Olivia report the story. Will you please just, just go? Let her report the story. Fine. But I am keeping my three eyes on you. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's good. Olivia, I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. What, what have you... <laughs> What have you found out for us regarding the spill? Is there, is there anything? Well, John, after exhaustive interviews with the head of BP, government officials, and numerous locals, a picture has started to emerge. One that can be best summed up by an old saying we have in Vietnam. Nui dun kala nong tang in the I think that needs no translation. Thank you so much. Olivia Munn, everybody. We'll be right back. Everybody. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. 
the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. My guest tonight is an actor who plays a government agent in a new supernatural spy thriller on stars called The Rook. Please welcome Olivia Munn. <laughs> the show, Ms. Mann. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. Uh, and congratulations on yet another show where you Thank are playing you. another supernatural person with supernatural abilities. Yep. Is this just like your thing? Like, you're just like, yeah. I just want to kick ass in, in movies It is really fun shows. to be able to kick ass in yeah? movies. Yeah? Because I feel like you got all of that training. How many hours did you spend training when you did, like, martial arts training? Uh, well, we, my whole family, all the kids in the family had to do Taekwondo from the age of four up until we got to black belt. And oh, wow. Yeah, so then I got to second degree black belt and then... Was that like second degree murder? How does that work? Huh. No, you, what is second this, degree well, black? Like you have like to like belt on the black. What is what is second? No, you get like these. You get like tabs on your belt to show that you you've completed because you know black belt's the highest. Then you you start to just take more tests. To but get. if it's the highest, well, how do you have higher? I feel There's like someone didn't higher. realize there was higher, and then they got to black, and then they were They're like, like oh. now we just need to fake it and add more things. <laughs> so you were, wait, so you got to black belt. Yes. But then you also did training for, for, for like, X-Men, for instance. Right, so for X-Men, when I was... I mean, I signed on to that movie. I said, I only... I, I want to do this movie only if there's a big fight scene. Because I right. know that Psylocke is such a, a fighter, and she's so badass. And so they're like, yes, of course. And when we get there, the... The stunt person they had for me was very talented, very athletic, but had never done any fighting before. And right. You know, it, it's it's very different when it's part of, like, your DNA, when you know how to do it. And so I said that I would rather just me do all my fight scenes and my stunts in X-Men. So I started training six, seven hours a day. Now, your new character has different superpowers. This is, this is a supernatural spy thriller. It yep. basically takes place in London, as I understand. Mm -hmm. And it, like... I mean, the, the opening scene is crazy because you, you just have... Like, it's, it's under, under a bridge, and then there's, like, a bunch of people who are just, like, passed out, and you don't know if they're dead or not. And they're, then someone wakes up... They're dead. They're dead. They're not. I don't... I wasn't that, sure. I'm, I was sure like, I'm sorry that wasn't clear enough. I didn't want to... Were... Well, I didn't want to assume. I was just like, oh, maybe that person's awake. Like, tired? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe, they, maybe someone read them a story and they all fell asleep at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, they fell asleep with their eyes open like this. I don't... Hey, sometimes I'm just like, ah, I'm too tired to close yeah. my eyes. I just... <laughs> But, but, but it's, a, it's a scary story where you realize there's something supernatural going yeah. on. And then we understand that your character works for America and then there's a British agency and they're basically trying to, like, corral all of these supernatural people. But you're one of them. God, you're so good at describing the show. Thank you. Like, I, you're doing such a good job. I, tr I try. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, my... So the... It's this world where there are um, these government agencies and they... They recruit people who have extreme variant abilities. Right. And all of our special abilities are rooted in whatever we as human beings have. So... Um, my character has extreme strength. Okay. And um, somebody else can, like, hear a whisper in a crowd of thousands or see for miles. So they're not superpowers. It's, like, superhuman powers. Oh, I see. So it's just, right. like, really extended versions of the things we already have. Yes, huh. exactly. I feel like the whisper one is really cool and 
But strength is like, you, you could have just gone to the gym for that one. No. <laughs> no, I can, I, my character can, like, I can Like, how put, strong? Like, I can push a deadbolt out with just my thumb, just like a tap of my thumb. So she can push a deadbolt like, out. With the tap of her thumb. With the tap. Yeah, and so no gym is going to get me there, you know? Right. No, like, yeah. Is, is that a superpower you would have chosen as a person? If you could, okay, if you could, if you could, like, take any of your superpowers to the extreme, any human oh, thing. human thing. What would you take to the extreme? Oh, what would you? I need more inspiration. I Somebody would, asked me this and I can't, can't what, if, it out. But it has to be a human extended thing. So yes, I wouldn't okay. go with like, I'm trying to think, it has to be something. I would have superhuman taste. <laughs> That's what I would want. Oh yeah, you laugh. Wait, you laugh. why? You laugh. But what if you eat but something I would that tastes be, so bad? Yeah, but I would want to be able to trace why it tasted bad so that I could go back to the first person that made it taste bad. Do you get what I'm saying? Like trace it all the way back and be like specifically go to one person in the kitchen and be like, you! <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes, have you ever eaten food and then it makes you sick? And then the next day you're like, I must have eaten something. Imagine if you knew what that something was, huh? <laughs> I use that superpower. I use that superpower. Yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. And then I use, I use that, that Yeah, I use that superpower to <laughs> sue the people and then I become rich. Bam, super taste buds. What would you choose? I, I, I would want super strength. I think it's like, what, it's the best. I don't need to, if I'm so strong, I'm just, I'm capable of anything. Olivia, what are you gonna do with super strength in the real world? <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Bags have wheels now, so what are you gonna do with the super strength? <laughs> Where are you taking the super strength to? You know what, you're, I mean, I- You can't punch people, you're gonna get sued? You're, you're so, a celebrity, what are you gonna do? You can't have super, oh what are you, God, super, you know, why you know do you need super strength? I actually thought it was a strong choice, and you've literally, in like three seconds, convinced me. You're right, there's nothing I can do with it. Yeah. There is nothing I could, with it. Even super smell would be better. I, okay, then, <laughs> oh my. Okay, you know, nice... it'd be super hearing so that I can like listen to people have, you know, like contract negotiations, that's helpful. Or oh, I can hear what people are talking. That's and, yeah, nice, see that's things. nice. You'd be Woo. like, I'll be outside, but you're really inside. And I'm I like, like don't that. Don't worry. <laughs> that's nice. Oh, I just feel like, I just feel satisfied that you, you agreed. See? And then we would be a superhero team together. We'd go around together and then you could listen and be like, oh, someone's cooking. And I'll be like, let me taste what's going on. <laughs> And then we solve crimes. We just made a new TV show. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back to the show. Oh my God, I think we should sell that. Amazon, Netflix, you guys listening. The Rook premieres June 30th at 8 p.m. on Stars. Olivia Munn, everybody, we'll be right back. Explore more shows from The Daily Show podcast universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Stephen Colbert here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is our podcast for The Late Show with my producer, Becca. Uh, Becca, how long have you been producing this podcast? I've been producing this podcast for two years now. And your favorite thing about it? The extended moments, for sure. Right, because sometimes I'll interview like a big star for 25 minutes. We can only put like 14 minutes on air. Where can people get that? On The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert, wherever you get your podcasts. And who produces that? Uh, I, I help out. It's a team effort.